0: You are listening to the Thriving Empire Podcast with Stephanie Holland, episode 24. Welcome to the Thriving Empire Podcast, where it's all about stabilizing the roller coaster of starting up so that you can launch your ideas with more passion, purpose, and vision. I'm your host, strategist, traveler, and coconut macaroon addict, Stephanie Holland. So let's get started. Well, hello! Did you have an amazing morning? So we went out on a fishing boat this morning to catch our dinner, and I have to say, it did feel a little sad when we caught him. We caught a smallish kind of fish called a bonito here in Mexico. Now, it's really sobering to hunt and gather your own food. Oh, my goodness. Basically, it's really interesting knowing where it comes from and catching it yourself. And because you actually caught it in the sea, it brings a whole new appreciation for food and where it comes from. It was a really beautiful morning, actually. We went out at 6 a.m. We saw jumping manta rays. We saw turtles. So beautiful. So that's what I did before 9 a.m. today. I caught dinner. What did you get up to? Something equally cool, I hope, even if it wasn't catching Or digging up your dinner. (laughs) So before we start today, I'm really excited to announce that the next live challenge of radically organized and visionary is coming up very soon. Now, this is where we literally hit the reset button on your life and work so that you can build momentum around your ideas and work with more passion, purpose, and vision. So you can register now at stephanieholland.co forward slash live. And what we're going to do is we'll kick off live Sunday, 2nd of June with a 20-minute prep session before we get started on Monday. So this is the process that I do regularly every three to four months uh, for my life and work. So when I say I do it live, you have forever access, you know, for the rest of the life of the program. But what this means is that during this week, I actually share my homework with you day by day, module by module um, for the challenges so that you get to see how I use it um, uh, to achieve my own goals. It's really, really cool. And I really love sharing this with you. So I do it live with you. So join me for that. Um, just head over to stephanieholland.co forward slash live. So today, I'm very excited about today's show. Uh, one of my favorite strategies for building a freedom business is leveraging my community. So what I'm going to talk about today is your personal community, which by which I mean the people around you. So your friends, your family, your romantic partner, and your business and professional communities, which includes your peers, your teachers, and your mentors. So I'm going to kick off in this episode with the part of your community that I think has the greatest impact on the way that you work and the degree of success that you achieve and enjoy in your business, and that is your romantic relationship. Um, So I have a story to share with you as well. And so this is going to be extra long. So I'm splitting this into two episodes, part one and part two. So this episode um, is for you if you have a life partner or you um, cohabit with your honey. It's also an episode for you if you'd like to be in a relationship and are actively looking for a significant other. And as well, if you, like me, have been disappointed in the past by a relationship that hasn't really created the support and encouragement of something that you wanted to achieve. Now, when you live with someone, this is, you know, someone... the person you typically is the first person you see every morning, the last person you see every night. And if like me, you have a freedom lifestyle where you work sort of from home or close to home, someone you see almost every day, all day, all the time when you're together. So as such, our romantic partners can be the source of unwavering strength or the noose that hangs our dreams. Now, at the initial idea stage, it can be very exciting because everybody's on board, including your honey. There's this excitement that permeates the air and everybody around you gets caught up in your energy around that. But very soon as you get stuck in the day-to-day and you know you start working a lot and maybe working 24-7, you start to see the quality and integrity of that support you're receiving from those around you as your time and energy gets kind of diverted and redirected from your relationship to your ideas you know, especially when it starts cutting into your free time together or your quality time together, which it will be if you're still working full-time corporate and building your business on the side. Of course, that cuts into the time you get to spend with your loved one. Now, the trick really is to sell it up front, sell your ideas and vision up front and really communicate fully with your partner, really communicate your big why and paint a picture of the positive impact it will have on your life together and where your partner fits into that vision. So the best case scenario is that you can form a shared vision. Um, And the worst case, the very worst case is that you can then have the opportunity to reevaluate your relationship and decide if that relationship and that person fits into the vision that you have for your freedom life right now and in the mid and long term. Now, many relationships tend to collapse under the pressure of starting a business. So like like any big life stage or experience, it really lays down the gauntlet and you'll find out very quickly if your relationship support your goals or has the potential to crush them. So you're going to be able to to decide if that's the right relationship for you, which I think is actually quite a magical opportunity to let go of another thing that isn't serving you so that you can make space for something that will, whether that's just personal space or a brand new relationship. So the simplest thing to do to make sure that you're always on the same page as your partner, if you don't already, is to make a conscious effort to communicate with them, but be really strategic about it. Like literally, I'm talking about scheduling a regular weekly meeting with them that's non-negotiable and fiercely protected by both of you where you talk about all of this stuff. So the first time you sit down and meet together, you can really just communicate your vision and how your partner fits into that. Allow them to do the same about their career, their work, their business, or their startup. And then establish each other's individual beliefs and values, like really understand what are their beliefs and values? What are they bringing to their life and work right now? What do they want to create? And then what are your shared beliefs and values that kind of overlap where you cross over and um, where that relationship really supports you both? And then each subsequent week, you continue to kind of elaborate and summarize that, but also check in with each other regularly just to discuss the challenges you're having or the feelings that you're feeling about your relationship about other areas of your life, about your work and your business. And really, at this point, just encourage honesty and openness with each other so that you can nip issues about any aspect of your relationship in the bud by discussing them. And it might might be that you're working too much and you need to create more space or time to spend with your honey. Maybe you think your partner's working too much and you kind of want to communicate that they need to slow down or they're going to burn out, or you feel kind of annoyed or frustrated or resentful that they're spending less time with you. vice versa. So really, it's about acknowledging how each other feels and addressing each issue really lovingly, really honestly, really compassionately, and use it as feedback that you share with each other to help both of you and come to an agreement that feels really good for for both of you that doesn't compromise on your vision and what you're trying to achieve. And of course, like I've already said, you can use this for all areas of your relationship to discuss how... You know, lots of different things like your need for personal space, your need for shared space, your need for shared activities, your personal finances, your shared finances. In fact, I have a whole section in the 10-Day Radically Organized and Visionary Challenge on relationship, um, which actually includes a worksheet that you can both complete separately to bring to the table for that initial discussion. It's actually really cool. So again, head over to stephanieholland.co forward slash live to um, check out more information about that and to sign up. It's really cool. But what I really wanted to share with you today was what launching my ideas really taught me about being in a relationship and the way I need to show up for it, as well as the type of relationship I want to be in and how it taught me about what success really means to me. So it starts about four years ago with my ex-boyfriend coming home from the DIY store. And he said this to me, I'm investing in you. So don't fuck up. <laughs> and he said this while assembling the pieces of the desk that he had just bought for me, um basically um, what he would place in my new office, which kind of also doubled as a kite surfing equipment storage locker so when he said this i 'm investing in you so don't fuck up I really couldn't tell if this was encouragement cloaked in doubt or doubt cloaked in encouragement, but in either case this This kind of phrase and this tone really set the tone for his feelings about me starting a business. Now, this was January 2014, and at this point, he was really just simply thinking, launch your business and make money. Start like you mean it. You have a home office, get working, make money, because I don't really want to have to support both of us financially. Now, as it turns out, I didn't really enjoy the whole desk, home office, kind of locker room kind of thing. I didn't really like being stuck in a room in the house. I I much prefer the wide open space of our living area. We had a 10-seater natural wooden table bathed in sunlight from a sky highlight above. And I also loved hot desking, what I call hot desking at my local vineyards where I could gaze at the vineyard, gaze at the vines um, and the landscape or the ocean and eat warm chocolate hazelnut freons fresh from the oven. Because I was thinking, oh my gosh, I know he wanted to create an office for me, but I was thinking, an office? office. Oh my gosh. I didn't leave the corporate world to create an office in my own house because I really don't think that big thoughts and fluid ideas like being confined to tiny spaces. Me and my ideas wanted to be in the world. And so starting up for me was very literally and symbolically about having more freedom. And it really wasn't about having more more money. It was really about having more freedom to explore my ideas, follow them and see where they led me. It was really just an experimental adventure. And I was just taking the first couple of steps, but my boyfriend had other ideas. And so like almost everyone who has never started their own business, he kind of expected there to be some kind of financial trade-off immediately for the crazy hours I was putting in. Now, also he wanted that to happen really quickly. Now, what he didn't realize was that I was spending only about six hours a week doing what I really wanted to do, which was working and coaching with clients. I, Within three days of deciding I wanted to do this, I had told everyone in my community, and I had three clients straight away, which was absolutely amazing. But I was only spending two hours a week working with each of them. And the rest of the week 40 60 sometimes more hours i was spending muddling through the aspects of business that i never or expect expected or even grew to like you know like sales and marketing my content strategy my communication strategy um, and the, the the basically the building a the building a business aspect around what i loved to do because, and this was a real shock to me, business is about so much more than being good at what you do. You also have to build a business infrastructure around the thing you love to do and around the brilliant skill set you have. Now, I never really communicated this with my boyfriend at the time because I didn't really understand it myself. I was just kind of like going through the motion, going through the process, following all my online business training, and I was following a lot of people and a lot of training at the time. So it was really a lot of busy work. And you know what I wanted to create was much more of a deeper feeling that I hadn't really articulated for myself. So he really never knew what I was working towards and how that really influenced what I was doing every single day and why I was working so hard and why I was spending so much hours doing it. So thinking back on the dynamic now, four years, five years later, this is where the penny begins to drop for me because what I realized is that we were evaluating success and my specific results based on different definitions. definitions of what my results should have been and what my success was. So at each stage of my own personal journey personally, which would take me back into a corporate contract several times, I studied Kundalini yoga teacher training. I wrote my second book. I launched another business idea. I went back into consulting, you know, and all the while I was developing and evolving my own freedom and business philosophy. Yep. Yet while it was fuel for my own inspiration and creativity and really created a driving force behind what I wanted to do, it wasn't something that I was able yet to quantify with hard numbers and dollar signs. I didn't have the hard numbers and dollar signs to show for it. The lessons I was learning and the ideas I was evolving, that sort of body of wisdom I was developing, were achievements and accomplishments that were feeding my heart, mind, and soul. And while I was kind of en route to sharing this with others, and especially since my business was growing around the desire to help others find the same thing for themselves, I wasn't really able to find the words and reference points to share it. And that was really, really a huge challenge for me. I mean, obviously I eventually figured it out and I lived to tell the tale on to you on this podcast today, but one epic idea and a second book later and all these learnings and all these accomplishments I feel like I'm achieving. My ex-boyfriend was still talking about when I'm bringing in the money and I have succeeded. So I was thriving on all levels, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Yet for him, I was still closer to the failure end of the spectrum than success. And I felt I was closer to success. So there are three things that this experience taught me about myself, about relationship, about business and about success. One, that starting a business confronts our loved ones with their own fears, their own values and beliefs, what's important to them. So If it's not enough that you have your own doubts and fears of failing miserably, of course, all of their doubts, fears and insecurities emerge as well while they're watching you fail or succeed. So it might trigger a fear that their core needs won't be met, like certainty or security or love, having money coming in creates a lot of certainty, security, help with the bills, creates a lot of certainty and security. Um, and it might come out from their end as criticism or blame projected directly onto you or your business. So the whole, you know, concept of you being a failure or me being a failure in my case was just my boyfriend letting me know, I'm really scared that you're not going Going to make money and that I might have to support us when he run out. And I think business is risky. And I'm, uh, you know, I'd be really anxious about investing myself in that way in case I fail. And that is true for almost every friend and acquaintance who cautioned me about doing my own thing. Their fears were projected onto me. So you've got to remember this, what other people say about you and about the way that you're approaching your ideas and what you're doing is never actually about you. It's always about them. Number two, how you perceive your loved one's criticism gives you valuable insights into what you secretly fear might be true about you. Because the reason it bothered me so much that he kept referring to me as a failure was because I was worried that I was failing, which means I was not as closely aligned to my own metrics of success that I really thought I was. So I had to really properly let go of all the ways I felt like I was failing and all of his expectations about me succeeding so that I was really free to follow my own passion, purpose, and vision and focus on that. So if my goal was to create a freedom life first and then a business supports it, that supports it, um, then have I actually failed if I have created a freedom life? No. And I had created a freedom life. I was living and working exactly how I wanted to. So I had to cling to the idea that that was the success that I was creating. And I really, Had to connect with that idea that I'm free. I have created freedom for myself. I really had done it. And then I was able to focus on helping others do the same. So where your partner um, is um, criticizing you, uh, what you're doing, the way you're working, the way you're showing up, and has comments about whether you're succeeding or failing. um, Really just use it as a prompt to realign with your own driving force, what you're doing and why number three, it really is your responsibility to bring your loved one on the ride with you. So in not being clear about my motivations for starting a business, which was freedom, not the money, because I I figured out very early on, which I talked about in episode 20, that money doesn't motivate me. And when I figured out what my dream life actually costed, I could take my money goals out of the equation and focus on my dream life and freedom right now. And that was so motivating. And I created that really quickly, but my boyfriend didn't understand that. So he was missing the vital information about what I was doing and why. Now our metrics of success are only meaningful if they match our goals. And my goal, again, freedom, not Money. Our loved ones cannot mind read. We've got to explain our driving force to them. We've got to explain that thing we have to do because we cannot not do it. It's it's like breathing. We can't not do it. And we've got to explain why it's a deal breaker for us and why we must have their support, why their support is so important for us. And then once once they buy into what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it, then we can together co-create a way to really enable it. And of course, one way is to have that weekly meeting to make sure that we're constantly on the same ba- page, and we're addressing each other's fears and concerns as well as making sure we're aligned with each other's values and beliefs. Um, and that means whether it means working part you know, discussing whether I could have maybe got a job and worked part time so that I was really making sure that I was pairing, paying my share of the rent and bills, or simply if I needed to spend Sundays glued to my laptop and Saturdays with him. I was really complicit in the communication breakdown by not sharing exactly what I was doing and why, and communication really helps us rally our most important investors, and our most important investors are our romantic relationships so while still the, rela- the impact of my work has not yet been felt by a hundred thousand people, the micro impact on my personal community was immediate from the start. You know the readers of my books, the readers of my weekly articles, you, my beloved podcast podcast listeners um my coaching clients and course members and you know this was already even though it was on a micro scale it was already how the world was different because i was here and that was the question i was trying to answer how is the world different because i was here and i wish i'd communicated that with him at the time because success is really a measure of our own impact and true value of what we're creating in the world as we go um the world around us even if it's just one person at a time. So whether our impact is one person, three people, 10 people, the first 50 people, and then grows to a million, we talked about all of that in episode 19, how the world is different because you were here is your rally cry, and it is the success you're achieving one person at a time. So success is anything you want to be, but it has something, um, has to be something that you feel in your bones and that you truly want And your partner needs to understand it and you need to communicate that with them so that they know what success means to you and can help you celebrate along the way to achieving your financial goals because that might happen at a later point in time. Now, so those are the three things I learned. I really hope they help you. Now, if you're currently in a relationship that's making it hard to focus on your business or launching your ideas, or if you're enjoying running your business and wondering how a partner could possibly fit into that without everything imploding on you, you might like to join me for the 10-Day Radically Organized and Visionary Challenge. You can find out more about that and sign up at stephanieholland.co forward slash live. We're going to kick off 2nd of June, and um, I'm going to share all of my homework with you, including my dynamic business vision so that you can see how I use all of it to generate momentum in my life and work. So hopefully I'll see you on the inside, stephanieholland.co forward slash live. And again, I will see you next time for part two of how to leverage your community for uncharted success. So have an amazing week. I'll see you next time. Bye.